is up, everyone. It is Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. So you guys know what that means. Another edition of the Buffalo Blitz right here on the Built in Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter network. I'm your host, Peter DiBiase. You guys can follow me on Twitter at DiBiase Peter. But as always, make sure you guys follow everything Built in Buffalo, all social media platforms, our merch shop, every single thing to do with Built in Buffalo, builtinbuffalonews.com, the Instagram, the Twitter, the new YouTube channel, and the Facebook, which is at, I believe, 82,000 followers. So that's awesome. So keep it up, guys. Um, as always, this is sponsored by Picasso's for the best pizza in Buffalo. It's got to be Picasso's. Every night is pizza night. And man, oh, man, do we have a jam-packed show for you. We got, we're going to talk about a little about the DeMar Hamlin update. Some great news today for about DeMar Hamlin. We'll go into a little bit of Sunday's game. We'll talk about Micah Hyde being back. Tua, the Bills' path to victory. Picasso's pizza key play of the game and our game predictions. So we can't do that without our guest. Bring him on here. Lance Nelson, Mafia Montage, also part of the Built in Buffalo Network. How are we doing tonight, my man? How you doing, brother? We're doing good. Uh, glad it's playoff time. This is what we waited kind of all year for. We kind of thought this was what it was going to be, um, getting through the regular season for the playoffs, and now we're here. Before we get into a lot of topics, we have a jam-packed hour, hour and 15 for everyone here, so you guys don't want to go anywhere. And as always, the comment section is open. Drop comments, drop questions, drop thoughts, drop opinions, drop whatever you want, Um, unless you're a bot. Don't do that. That's annoying. But before we get into some of the topics, Lance, where can everyone find your social media? I know it's down there, but like your show, all that fun stuff. And talk about your new sponsorship for your show quickly. Yeah, so the sit-down is live every Saturday at 7 p.m., and we're uh, now sponsored by Duff's uh, Famous Wings. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, the sit-down live on the Built-In Buffalo Network, 7 p.m. Saturdays. And uh, we're just newly sponsored by Duff's Famous Wings. So come check us out. Uh, Please be active in the comments section if you do join us. I love uh, getting comments and, and interacting with you. It's the reason I do this. And you can find me on Twitter at Mafia Montage and Lance Nelson on Facebook if you care to find me there. Yeah, guys, check out everything Built and Buffalo. And as always, Lance's show on Saturday nights. And he, like he said, the comment section is a fun place for us to interact with you guys, get your thoughts, give us some topics to talk about. So, like I said, it is open. Also, drop a like, drop a love wherever you are on Facebook, YouTube, or any social media. Michelle's coming in watching from Branson, Missouri. That's pretty cool. Shout out, Michelle. Appreciate you tuning in. Mike Hyde is back at practice. That is awesome, and that is true. We're going to get into that in a a little bit. But I want to start with DeMar Hamlin. So I haven't got to talk about DeMar Hamlin. My show last Wednesday was two days after the Bengals game, and I felt like it wasn't appropriate for me to come on and talk about uh, DeMar Hamlin because I thought, just wasn't the right time. So this is my first show since the DeMar Hamlin situation. I'm not going to get into my thoughts and everything. Follow me on social media. You know um, how I feel about the situation and how much DeMar means to the team and all that stuff. I posted something on Twitter because when I covered the Bills-Patriots game back in uh, Foxborough back in December, I got to take a couple of videos of DeMar. I got to see him like pregame, and it was just cool. And I kind of went through my camera while I reflected on that. And that kind of hit home and impacted DeMar. But all things, all things. Everything went well with DeMar. Everything's going well. And today, Lance, we got the news that he's been discharged from 
not the Cincinnati hospital, which already happened, but from the Buffalo hospital, which is incredible news. He gets to go home. And that's awesome because about where we were about a week and two days ago, about around almost this time, I don't think anybody thought he would be home on his couch or with his family. So, Lance, before we get into more of the football aspect, what are your what was your initial reaction to DeMar Hamlin coming home today? Yeah, it's a huge relief to see. Um, Obviously, I was at the game in Cincinnati, uh, like we said before on a couple other shows and you've seen on Twitter and Facebook. And so uh, just really blessed uh, and, gl- and glad that he can he can get back to his family and, and really start, uh, you know, rehabbing and and getting back to the to his life because he's going to uh, obviously have an uphill battle and we have no idea what it means from a football perspective. But I'm just thankful that he can, um, you know, open his eyes every day and, and not uh, need assistance breathing and all that stuff. So. Um, he's doing well and that's just very encouraging and it kind of helps all of us, I think, be able to focus a little more on football because, um, you know, he's, uh, going through the steps of healing and, and that's really nice to see. It is. And we continue to wish in his recovery because obviously his recovery is not done yet. There's, uh, still a lot of things he has to do, has to do if he wants to obviously get back on the football field, which Probably, it probably is on his mind, but not the most important thing. Obviously, his long-term health is his most important thing for right. him. Huge relief to Mars home. Yes, it is. Patty's happy. You cannot be. You cannot not be happy about the news that we got about Demar Hamlin. And I'm not saying he's going to be at the game on Sunday. I'm not speculating he's going to be at the game on Sunday. I'm not. I don't got any news if he's going to be at the game on Sunday. But who knows? Maybe That'd be dope. And. That would be the most electric, electric applause, reaction, standing ovation, cheer, whatever you want to call it for DeMar Hamlin. And I hope if he's there, CBS shows it because, you know, sometimes they don't show it. And then you got to go on Twitter and find it. But talking about being at the game, obviously the Bills defeated the Patriots on Sunday. We're not going to get into that in too much because we have a playoff game to talk about on Sunday. But this guy right here, Lance, was at the game on Sunday. So, Lance, kind of back putting the game a little on a – Back burner here. You can talk about the Naheem Hines things and all that stuff, but how? What was the environment? What was the emotions that you felt and everyone around you at the game? Yeah, I think true to Demar Hamlin um, and what he's about is that it was a very loving atmosphere, and um, everyone was uh, a little bit anxious, I think, to get back and uh, get around each other. It was super good. You know, you guys may, uh, I guess, if you're watching, you're probably <laughs> part of Bills Mafia, but. Uh, you know, it means so much to us here in Buffalo. And, and every time I go to a game, um, these, the people that I'm around and, and the people that I tailgate with on a weekly basis and things like that, those people um, are an extension of my family. And it's nice to go back and, and be around them and feel their energy. And, and, you know, we, we got to explode right out of the gate, like you said, with the Naheem Hines, but in the tailgate session, um, you know, I got there four hours before kickoff or so and um, just walking around and and being able to smile. And, you know, I think having um, DeMar make the progress he made up until um, Sunday, that really helped everyone kind of be at ease and kind of be back in the Bills Mafia mode more so and kind of say like, hey, you know, yeah, we're we're back here at a game finally and we can kind of. Uh, just embrace each other and that was really good and the energy was just amazing especially like I said after that opening 
return and everyone um you know was just going crazy for you know up until the next kickoff i'm pretty sure it was just incredible the the amount of emotion that it poured out um during and and after that kickoff return yeah and watching i was watching obviously on tv i was not at the game and it was it was awesome obviously it was electric i was jumping up and down um with that kick return it was exciting and obviously the bills got the victory which was obviously super important football aspect but it was just a nice celebration for demar hamlin and you know what they did it right they got the win that's how you do it and Naeem Hines didn't just do it once. He did it twice. So, Hines, if you want to keep it going, that'd be awesome, man. We'll take it. We'll take a couple more, if you don't mind. Um, yeah, definitely teaching us to pay attention on the kickoffs, right? I yeah. Think and for, it caught me by surprise, especially the first one, um, where you kind of just sit there and say, okay, opening kickoff might just go through the end zone. You're yeah. not really expecting too much. And uh, sure enough, you know, he breaks it. So, um, and yeah, really well, awesome. later in the game, I think Nick Folk kicked away from him but kicked it out of bounds. So maybe that, and you know what, if we want to start at the 40 yard line every time, because people don't want to kick yeah. the name Hines. Oh, he I'm squibbed cool. it. Yeah. He squibbed yeah. it. And then I had to take it bounce out of bounds. Yep. So, you know what? It kind of make it's, it's going to make teams think about when they kick off and where they kick off to in, um, in kickoffs for the other team in the playoffs. And you know what? If they have to hesitate. If they do a squib kick, if that ball goes out of bounds, I'll take the ball at the 40 yard line. That's an extra 15 yards on a touchback, but sure. yeah. T's coming in. What's up, T? Another member of the Built in Buffalo Network. Her show is on Tuesday, uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays at 2 p.m. You can also listen in podcast form. Um, Patty's coming in. It was a great game. Yes, it was. Lisa's coming. Everyone was so wonderful on Sunday. It was truly heartwarming. A lot of emotions like Lance talked about. And Michelle is still praying for tomorrow. Yes. And my buddy tomorrow. Kevin's coming in with a little love action there. Appreciate you, buddy. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate you tuning in, Kevin. Appreciate the comment. So now we're going to go towards the football side. And I, I, like I said, I didn't want to talk about too much about the Patriots game in that football aspect because it's playoff time. And we, I think we should get our attention to the playoff time. So it. we're going to start with Micah Hyde back. So Micah Hyde was announced, or Sean McDermott announced today that Micah Hyde, his 21-day window would be open. He would be practicing along with Jameson Crowder, which is, People, obviously, Bills fans didn't get as much as excited as Mike Hyde, obviously. But James Crowder is super important; could be potentially super important to this team. But well, I'm excited they, about it for sure. Yes, as, as as we should. But yeah, Mike Hyde won't play Sunday. But they didn't rule out a potential divisional round if the Bills do make it to the next round. So, Lance, what is the potential Mike Hyde impact on this team? Well, I think you've seen right how Jordan Poyer impacts the secondary and when we didn't have Poyer or Hyde you saw um you know that we lost the games right mm -hmm. and I think that presence and that leadership on the back end and kind of that comfort that it gives our cornerbacks and even our linebackers in a sense um just speaks volumes to the to the defense because uh you know that defense is predicated on having the two all pros kind of on the back end to to take away anything that uh, might get through the other secondary members. So I think that, you know, having um, Hoyer and Hyde also helps relieve a little bit off of uh, the linebacking core and getting people lined up and that, that kind of thing too. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a multi, you know, there's multi uh, multiple areas of the defense that it really helps because um, you have that presence and you have all the experience. So, 
things like reading the keys or help, you know, it's just helping each other and, and, the, and the communication and the natural um, play. Now, I know that we have like Elam and if uh, Benford comes back at some point, you know, those guys are, you know, not familiar with Hyde and Poyer, but definitely the, um, you know, the, the other veterans are. And so that helps things, you know, Trey White and, and those guys, Dane Jackson, Teron Johnson, I think that'll really help these guys uh, feel more comfortable and, and just play faster. And that's really what we're going to be, be needing, especially against if we play Cincinnati, right? So I think playing fast um, and having the confidence and the trust who's of who's behind you um, just will is it's unspeakable, really, the, the, the amount that it will help. I think uh, it's hard to put it into words. Yeah, and Micah Hyde also helps the corners. Like I know you said, like Kyrie Elam and Christian Bedford don't have like the same repertoire. They don't have the same uh, continuity as Dane Jackson. Like definitely Trey White do. But right. if you're a rookie corner, if you're Kyrie Elam, even if you're Trey White, who's starting to trend in the right direction, as we saw last game with the interception and had, a, I think, a pretty good overall um, uh, game, in, in my personal opinion, I think it helps a secondary. Like it helps you have. You know who's behind you, and no disrespect to obviously no disrespect to Demar Hamlin, no disrespect to Jaquan Johnson or Dean Marwell, but they were never Micah Hyde, and they're not Jordan Poyer. We know the difference, and I thought Demar Hamlin did a great job uh, for most of the season for filling in for Micah Hyde. That's a tough, it's a tall task to do when you have to fill in for an All Pro, a guy that the defense relies on so much. But Micah Hyde potentially coming back helps the secondary, especially the corner, so much because you know you have. Not just Poyer behind you, but you also have Hyde behind you that can obviously help you over the top. But also, if you make a mistake, they're going to be there because they're that good. Micah Hyde is incredible at reading the ball in there. We saw the Patriots wildcard game from last year, how good that interception was early in that first quarter in the corner of the end zone or the corner out of bounds. That was one of the greatest interceptions you'll ever see and how his ball skills are incredible. And the Bills miss his ball skills. So Micah Hyde potentially coming back for a divisional round. And, we yes, we do got to get to that divisional round. And we're going to break that down in a second. He, it, it's awesome. And it's even if, if, like Lance said, if you play Cincinnati, which kind of everything would align to you thinking you play Cincinnati unless Lamar plays and they beat Cincinnati. Who knows? And if you play either the Chargers or the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, you're going to have to – go up against a pretty prolific passing offense in any of those games you're going to play. So having Micah Hyde back, even if it's not full Micah Hyde, or even if it's not full snaps Micah Hyde, any bit of Micah Hyde is good for this team. So this was great news to wake up, not wake up to, this was great news to read this morning or this early afternoon, whenever it came out. And yeah, so this is awesome. And I think it's a good thing for the Bills. And Patty even has a better story. Micah is a great person. I got to meet him and party with him a couple years ago at a wedding reception. Nice, Patty. You got the yeah, Patty, how do we get in your circle? Yeah, yeah, Who the heck do you know that you that you saw Micah hide at a wedding? Whose wedding was this? This is this is. I agree with you, Lance. We got to we get we might have to might, we might have to meet Patty, see who she's hanging out with because yeah, that's that's a good. If I walked into a wedding. Micah Hyde was there. Oh Jesus, that'd be uh, I don't know what I well, I don't know what I would do, Lance. What about you? Micah Hyde was at would, a wedding reception. I would immediately get him a beverage and say, "Let's go, let's have a good time." <laughs> <laughs> Not too much dancing. You don't want to get injured. Um, yeah. 
hide on one side with the rooks, walk down the other side with um, all pro poi. Oh, Taryn, okay. All pro and then, poi. yes, go Bill, squish the fish. Go Bill, yeah. squish the fish. Shout out to the, my barbershop, 716. Appreciate you, bro. Oh, that's your barbershop. Hey, they do a good job. They do a yeah. good job. You have the second best hair in Bill and Buffalo. Oh, that's right. Sorry, I'm wearing a hat today. Second best hair in Bill and Buffalo. Just behind Dave Myers. And this is Dave Myers. What's up, Dave? How you doing? Founder of Built in Buffalo. The reason that Lance and I are speaking to you guys, the reason we got Picasso's Pizza as a sponsor, Duff's and all that fun stuff. Dave makes everything go, even though I don't even know what, but yeah, even though he's a great boss. So Dave Myers, make sure you guys follow him on all social medias and squish the fish and drop a like. So moving on from the Micah Hyde situation, Tua Tagovailoa. This was, look, Micah Hyde was probably... The best news we got today, this, I'm not going to say Tua being out was the best news because the guy is injured with a concussion, and that's horrible, and we want him to obviously be okay. But football terms, this is the biggest news we got today. Tua Tagovailoa was officially ruled out for Sunday. That means it's either Teddy Bridgewater and or Skylar Thompson. And Lance and I were talking off air before the show, We and he, said, he heard on WGR 550, um, and I also read on Twitter, I think, that all signs point to Skyler Thompson, even though Teddy Bridgewater was only limited. So Tua being out is massive. I think this game flips. And you know who also thought this game flipped when Tua was out? Vegas. The spread was around minus nine, minus nine and a half this morning. Tua goes out. Last time I checked, it was at minus 13. So for all Bills fans that got the Dolph got that spread at minus nine, minus nine and a half, whoo, you did a good job. Minus 13 is a little different. It's a lot of points in a playoff game. I'm not saying they're not going to win by more than 13. It's a lot of points in a playoff game. So, Lance, what is the initial impact you think that Tua has or that Tua not being in this game has? Yeah, I think it's gigantic for the Dolphins, right, because it kind of limits their ability to function on offense. It gets rid of kind of their RPO action, some of the different uh, ways Tua could beat you uh, Skyler's not really the same uh, quarterback, no. and it is still at 13, by the way. I just was looking that up quick because I wanted to know. Um, so it takes away some of the dimension of the Miami Dolphins offense, which obviously makes them easier to defend. And uh, with two dynamic guys like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, um, you still have to obviously wrap up and tackle and those kind of things. And we'll see about uh, Raheem Mostert, yeah, what his status thing. is, but uh, but yeah, Tua being the quarterback or not being the quarterback definitely will change the entire offense because you now go from putting the ball in someone's hands every play um, that is one of your threats to now you're putting the ball into more of the game manager type player and needing him to facilitate to those threats that you have on offense. So. Uh, it, it definitely changes things, changes the way you're going to defend, changes some of the looks you're going to give. And I think that uh, Leslie Frazier is obviously uh, salivating at the opportunity to face Skylar Thompson in a playoff game. But yes. but I, I don't quite understand why everyone thinks that Skylar is going to be the guy to play. I think that Bridgewater is the better option. And if he's able to go through uh, the week and, and shake off the knee and the and the right finger uh, injury that he has, um, you know, they'd be obviously better off because Bridgewater does have some of that dual threat 
uh, capability and can still help them operate um, in a little bit of a different way than Skylar Thompson can. So yeah, Teddy Bridgewater is right now, he was a limited participant in practice with a knee injury and a right finger injury. I'm assuming, yeah, so on his right hand, he was a limited participant. Uh, Skylar Thompson was a full participant, but showed up with an ankle injury. They also have Mike Glennon on that team. I think he's on the practice squad. So that would be wild if Mike Glennon somehow got in the game. So seven hours ago, Adam Schefter tweeted, Dolphins are preparing as if rookie quarterback Skylar Thompson will start Sunday at Buffalo. I kind of, I don't know. That that was probably where all the speculation came from. Um, That doesn't mean he's officially starting. But it kind of sounds like he might be in. No disrespect to Skylar Thompson. I believe he went to Kansas State. I'm pretty sure. Seventh round out of Kansas State. Okay. Against the Jets last week. 20 for 31, 152 yards, 4.9 yards per uh, completion. No touchdowns, no interceptions. So I guess he didn't turn the ball over. Sacked once and had a QBR. was a credible QBR of 14.8 and a passer rating of 76.3. That was ugly. Was it eleven to six final score? Yeah, and those two points came on that safety at the end. Um, he's not good. I think that's a easy way yeah. to say it. He's not good. Teddy Bridgewater gives him a little bit of a different look. I, I like think- Teddy Bridgewater too, man. I don't know why. I just I've I've been a fan of his. I think mm-hmm. he's underrated. I think he gives uh, teams a chance. Um, he's kind of got that ty- uh, Tyrod Taylor. Uh, aura about him you know where I think he obviously isn't the runner that Tyrod was but um, you know I think that people either really don't like him or they or they like or they do like him and it's hard to find someone kind of in between but yeah I think that um, the Dolphins could be kind of blowing smoke right and potentially trying to throw people off if you know Bridgewater is limited and if we see him full say tomorrow then I'm not sure um why they wouldn't play him. So I guess we'll have to see how he progresses throughout the week, like we said, and, and yeah. see, but Tua being out, you know, is uh, obviously the big blow because regardless of who comes in for Tua, um, they're not obviously the caliber uh, of player that he is. And um, it just is a totally different offense. It's a totally different uh, uh, scheme because you don't have to account for some of Tua's uh, abilities. They're also, he's all Teddy's also dealing with two different, two separate injuries. So sure. obviously that has a factor and one on his right throwing hand. That obviously isn't a good thing because he, his job is to throw the ball. Um, but they do get a little different look with Teddy Bridgewater, a little more dynamic look because st- he's not as good as Tua, but he can kind of do a lot of similar things. He's not incredibly talented with his, he doesn't have incredible arm talent. Um, he's somewhat accurate. So I think their offense doesn't change as much. You go to Skylar Thompson, it's tough. Like that off, he's not, he hasn't proven he's a good quarterback. I think, like you said, if it is Skylar Thompson, Leslie Frazier is salivating and he's licking his chops to go get uh, Skylar Thompson because he's going to make his night a living hell if it's Skylar Thompson. Or, excuse me, it's an afternoon game. So Sunday at one o'clock, a living hell. It's going to be pretty cold, 31 degrees. Um, and Miami doesn't do play well in cold. It's also going to be the Bills are going to be flying around. The defense is ferocious, and they're going to go after Skylar Thompson. As long as you don't let Jalen Waddle and like Tyreek Hill, and actually Jalen Waddle was on the injury report today. He was a limited um, 
participant. Tyreek Hill is fine. I know he had that in- ankle injury. Sounds, sounds like he's fine. He wasn't on the injury uh, list. And then you also potentially take away his best running back in Raheem Mostart. Uh, maybe not their best running back, but the guy that kind of gashed us a couple weeks ago in Saturday Night Football. You take him away. It kind of gives the Dolphins a little bit different feel, a little different look. Still a playoff game. They're still a talented team. But not having Tua. Obviously, Vegas thinks it's a massive loss. They dropped their four points. And I kind of felt like Vegas was kind of hinting at Tua not playing with that minus 10.5 opening spread. Like, even if you think the Bills are going to win by double digits, the Bills were minus seven or seven-point favorites last time they played. Did we really gain three more points? That's a lot of points in betting terms. So it kind of felt like Miami or, excuse me, Vegas was kind of gearing up for Tua not playing or kind of indicating that it might not be Tua, it might be Teddy. Um, and then they went to minus 13, which is probably indicating Skylar Thompson, what they think. Yeah. That's what I give. If, if we saw tomorrow, Lance, it dropped to like minus 10 or something back to 10 or back to 11, a huge switch. I, that means Teddy's playing. I, I would assume if it stays at minus 13 for the whole week. I think it's Skylar Thompson. Vegas, Vegas is, Vegas is very funny with the spreads. It's, it's awesome how they do it. Um, cause they kind of. Yeah, Michelle's asking, when do the Bills play next? Because I want to watch the game. That's a great question. That might be the most important question, Michelle, you've ever asked in your life. When do the Bills play next? They play at 1 o'clock on Sunday. What's the date for Sunday, Lance? What do we got here? Sunday, January 15th, 15th 1, 1 p.m. Eastern on CBS. 1 p.m. Eastern, CBS. I think I, I think I nailed it on CBS. Is she the one in Missouri? Because I don't know. Maybe that's an hour or two earlier. Oh, oh, so yeah. She said thank you, but yeah, Eastern. Um, but yeah, Patty. We're going back to Patty and the uh, and the wedding. Uh, Christian Kirksey. I believe he played for the Browns a little bit of the Packers. I want to say Christian Kirksey. I know he played. I know he played linebacker for the Browns. Was there also? Patty, you got cooler friends or you know cooler people than Lance and I do. I think that's pretty sure. That's pretty. You probably indicated at that, but yeah. Two were not playing massive, massive, massive um, news. And I'm not saying it's good news. I'm not going to go like, oh, yes, the guy's out of concussion. That's great. Football things, it's good news. He's not playing. Hopefully he recovers and his health um, gets better. Yeah, that's the big thing, man. Prayers up to him. You know, he's had three or four concussions in one season kind of, and it's just been a little bit – worrisome even just from a person uh perspective as a human being you hope that this isn't going to long-term affect uh anything with his quality of life going forward and that's the biggest concern obviously as we were just reminded with Demar Hamlin's situation so you know just want to send him the best vibes and, and wishes and hope he can heal up and uh regardless of his football career and how that turns out uh just hope that you know this season and having so many concussions in a small window uh, doesn't affect his long-term uh, quality of life. Yeah, Patty, it is a lot of concussions. And I think it was two technically reported this year. Most people think it's three. That first Bills game, they didn't indicate a concussion. He had a concussion. Yep. Hey, what do they What do they classify as, that as a lower back injury? Was that what it was? Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's called sweeping something under the rug right there because – that was a concussion. You can go back and watch it. That was a concussion. When you stumble off the field after hitting your head on the ground, 
probably have a concussion. Nice job, Miami. Class organization there. Um, so yeah, Tua not playing is super super. It's a it's a massive um thing today for the Bills, and obviously Vegas took that into account with their spread move, um movement. But yeah, so we're gonna go towards more of the Bills side of um the the, the uh, aspect. Well, I couldn't speak English there for about a second. Some path to victories for the Bills, Lance. So give me one, and we'll talk about it. What, what, what's a, what's what's your first path to victory? Yeah, I think we really want to. It's kind of an obvious one, but putting up points on it. Well, that's a good one. I mean, like, but I want it to be early and often. Kind of, I want to make sure that we um, get in there, execute, take care of the ball. Right? There's a lot of things in, in that are going into what I kind of said as a blanket statement, but but really just being efficient on offense mm-hmm. um, because Tua doesn't affect their defense and they've got some, some guys still out on defense, but for the most part, their defense is still a decent uh, group. And, you know, we need to be able to show that we can make sure that uh, oh, got a weird comment here. Sorry. Um Nope, that's not the comment we want to be seeing. So, anyways, uh, that ruined your you, know, you want to you want to really uh, take care of the ball, be efficient on offense, and make sure you can uh, score a, score a lot of points because I think that's going to give us a lot of confidence going into uh, you know the divisional round if we can put up you know forty or so points uh, yeah on the Dolphins defense. And I don't think when you just said it's like an empty statement, empty message with, oh, score points, obviously. But if it is Skyra Thompson, we're going to go right now on a Wednesday at 731. We're going to go with Skyra Thompson because that's what we're being told. And Lance and I are not NFL insiders. It's not like we got information. We know is we know in the information when you guys get the information. So it's not like we're anything special. We just get to talk about the Bills, which is fun. If you score early with Skyward Thompson on the other side. He's going to be on the bench, cold, and he's going to be like, holy, you know what? We're down 14 nothing, and there's still eight minutes left in the first quarter. And I got Josh Allen on the other side, and he doesn't look like he's slowing down. And the def- our defense doesn't look like we can stop him. And we played seven minutes, and we're down double digits. The game's over. It's over. If the Bills pounce two quick touchdowns or – Touchdown the field goal, it's over. It's this is not Tua with Miami where they can I think they can rebound with this. I think this team you have to come after them early. It, it's either defensively, it's either offensively, maybe special teams, maybe yeah. Hines wants to return another kick. I'm I'm all good with that. But you but have to scoring, come. you know, you got to keep scoring throughout yeah. the whole game. Yeah, and it's not even like oh we need fifty points to win forty five. No, because I don't think Miami can can score with us. But I think if you set the tone early, and this is for any game, but this is a game where you're clearly the better opponent. You have the better quarterback. It's a huge mismatch in the quarterback position with Skylar Thompson versus Josh Allen. You're going to have to come after them early. And I think another big impact is Taron Armstead. He's probably their best tackle. I think that's pretty obvious. He's a DNP with the toe, pec, knee, and hip injury. He has four different injuries. It's a lot of injuries. Hopefully he's icing them because that doesn't sound fun. I heard he's getting round the clock treatment and he's going to do everything in his power to play this game. Oh, good. 
Good for him. That's what, that's what Sal Capaccio reported on WGR. But if he's out with the DNP at, at this moment, so we're going to take what we can take. That's a big impact. You're going to have to get after Skyler Thompson early. Another thing is run the ball. Kind of keep the Dolphins offense off the field. Kind of do your thing. And you know what that means? And I love Devin Singletary, so there's no shade at Devin Singletary. James Cook needs the ball more. I don't know why I whisper that, but he needs the ball more. I, there's no reason James Cook should not be getting, was it, 12 to 15 carries? Is that, is that a fair number, Lance? Am I, am I pushing it? Am I pushing it? No, I think that's right. I mean, I you know, he's uh, shown that he's trustworthy. I think he fumbled his first carry of the season, and then he hasn't uh, hasn't fumbled since. So Knock on, knock um, on wood. Knock on wood. Yeah. Knock on that wood here. Um, okay. But, uh, Bill's chat podcast, Luca and Josh tweeted it on Friday or whatever day it was. Their Friday nights in the Bill and Buffalo Network. They got like over 3,000 likes on that tweet. But I commented, whoever this is, Josh or Luca, you better be knocking on wood. And yeah. I got like 25 likes on the comment. And I was like, yeah, let's go. Because you knock on wood. But yeah, James Cook is an impact player of this team. I think he needs to be. Um, kind of utilized more but the simplest thing lance and i think you na- uh hit the nail on the head with it score points early i think you got to score points early against a team that is not rolling out the most prolific quarterback yeah you um, want to get like you said two quick scores whether it's a touchdown a field goal or two touchdowns but then you want to keep adding to it right so you want to get mm-hmm. uh you know make sure you're ending a drive and a kick after that you know that's just the important thing whether it's a field goal even a punt, it's fine. Just keep them back, uh, you know, in their own end of the in the field position battle. But you really need to control the game, control the pace, control the time, control all this stuff, and make sure that you're controlling the scoreboard as well. So that's you know, mistake-free kind of just really ball control football is what you're looking for, especially against an inferior uh, opponent. You know, with yeah. a quarter with a third-string quarterback. I mean, he's they're not San Francisco. They're not, uh, you know, just rolling people. They don't have quite the defense and, and those kind of things or all their offensive weapons. And they've got other injuries on top of the Tua thing, as you mentioned with Tron Armstead and those guys. So uh, Raheem Mostert is banged up. There's just a lot of different guys that um, are not either going to be out there full a hundred percent, or they're not going to be out there. And that's a, a big deal. So, um, still have uh, the puncher's chance kind of and, and Waddle and Hill. So if you just, you know, make your game drop back and try to throw the ball up to them or, you know, quick screens and see if they can break one and those kind of things, I think that's what you're going to have to try to do and, and hope that the Bills uh, lack discipline. But, you know, from my perspective, the path to victory is, you know, we're going to get them out of that kind of stuff with, you know, scoring points early and often. And if we can, you know, increase their deficit, they're going to have to start pushing the ball further and further down the field and trying to make sure uh, or make bigger plays. And and I think that's going to put them uh, consistently behind the sticks. And that's uh, obviously a recipe for disaster when you're behind the, behind the sticks consistently. Yeah, and flipping towards kind of the Bills offensively in their path to victory are some of the key um, matchups we want to talk about. And I think it's the Bills – receivers or weapons outside of Stefan Diggs. I think we've talked about this a lot. There's a lot of criticism towards other people, but Gabe Davis, I forgot who put it out today. Someone on Twitter stats. Um, Gabe Davis had his best year of his career 
in his this is his third NFL year. Yes, he did have an uptick in targets, and that is true. He did have more targets, but that comes with the career year, in my uh, opinion. But we saw that drop ball against New England on Sunday, something that he needs to come down with, and that's it obviously didn't come back and hurt us. Bills are fine in the game, so because you uh, put it under the rug there, but that's a ball he needs to catch and the ball he should catch, and he knows he should catch that. So I think a thing that the Bills got to kind of work on or kind of focus on weapons outside of Stefan Diggs for Sunday because, look, Stefan Diggs can have eight to ten catches, but you're going to need other guys. It doesn't have to be a guy with another ten catches. It could be guys sprinkled in. It could be a Dawson Knox. It could be who had a touchdown against New England, which is what I like to see. Dawson Knox red zone targets. It could be James Cook out of the backfield. It could be McKenzie. We saw a little bit of Shakir. He was the fourth graded receiver, uh, fourth graded player on the Bills, um, according to PFF on offense uh, this past Sunday. It could be John Brown, Smoke Brown, with the uh, awesome diving catch. It could be Cole Beasley if he's elevated, which I think he might be potentially because you have endless elevations in the postseason. So Lance, what are your thoughts on the Bills' weapons going into Sunday? Outside of Stefan Diggs. Yeah, Tampa Neal here uh, says Knox, and I can't agree more. I just, I really think that, you know, there's a lot of plays, and uh, we talked about this uh, before the show, um, where Knox is running free or he's on the opposite side of the field when Allen's choosing a play and, and which side of the field to kind of target. Um, Knox is kind of a little bit forgotten, I think, or just uh, not sure how to really phrase it, but he just isn't really looked at consistently. No. And I think that um, this that's an opportunity for Buffalo to take advantage of because maybe people are focused more on Gabe Davis, who got north of 90 targets, I believe, this year. And I think with him getting more targets, that says, you know, he's getting separation still and he's able to be available if he's getting the target, I mean, Josh isn't going to throw it to him if he's double covered, right? So I think that, you know, it shows that he's probably um, getting open. But uh, again, we've we've noted he hasn't had a ton of success uh, securing the ball um, like he had his rookie year uh, where he was as sure-handed as anybody I've ever seen, um, especially for a rookie. But I think, you know, at wide receiver, he was really coming into being like just – a surefire thing. You throw in the ball, he's going to catch it. And, uh, and it's just gotten way away from that this season, but um, still almost putting up a thousand yards. I think it's uh, something that people can't ignore. I think they're still going to uh, try to shade their coverage against those two top receivers and not, or in uh, Davis and Diggs. And, um, you know, I, it was so cool to see that Stefan Diggs route develop live mm-hmm. Um, so I was on the opposite side of the field as Diggs was. I was on the Bills sideline, and uh, Diggs ran that route up the Patriots sideline. So it was across the field, and I was able to see the thing develop, and it was just so cool. You know, Allen threw it so early and just put it up there, and um, you know, Diggs was able to use his ability just to cook the the DB, and I think that um, that's really cool to see going into the playoffs because. If those are the kind of things they're kind of thinking of dialing up, and that was a little preview of what we're going to see, I think that um, I, you know, I said this in the in the BIB chat, and and I I think I believe it that you know you could see Diggs get nearly 
uh, you know, 200 yards a game in this playoff. I think that, you know, that's something where he may, we may need him and we may need to target him a ton, um, you know, if other guys aren't being as reliable. So I know that teams are going to try to take him away. Obviously, he's our biggest threat. So they're going to sit there and, and try to bracket cover him. But um, outside of Diggs, like you said, I think Dawson Knox has to be the the key matchup because um, they're bang- the Dolphins specifically are a little bit banged up in the linebacker core, I think we saw in the, the injury report. So we just really want to see a uh, strong showing from, from Dawson Knox. And really, like you mentioned, Shakir would be great. I would love to see him get more snaps and more targets yeah. and just really show us maybe what they've been training him to do. I think, again, the Patriots game may have been a little bit of a preview of some of the things they might try uh, more of going forward in the playoff season where um, they didn't want to put these guys out there and run them too much in the regular season um, because I am full on uh, buying into these guys putting stuff in early in the year and then sitting on it and showing things here and there little shades of things and now once they have their notebook on what is actually going to work for them against the certain looks that teams are giving them i really think you're going to see um some of these guys really shine like knox um james cook as christopher homer saying in the comments so uh you know he's also saying split hinds out so that's nice you know all this stuff i think that um my big my big takeaway is knox but i think that you know, these guys, you know, the guys in the comments are right. That's uh, a lot of weapons at our disposal, and it'll be really fun to see how Dorsey um, can implement them and use them in ways maybe we haven't seen a ton of so far this season in the regular season. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's doesn't have to be like a big game from, like I said, from one other guy outside Diggs. It could be a, two catches here, two catches there from guys. It just needs to be targets, needs to guys get involved. A crucial catch. And I think the Bills did fine with it on Sunday. Outside of that Dawson Knox play that you were indicating at, or you were talking about off air and then on air. Um, but yeah, split Hines out wide. Like that's not a bad idea. They're not gonna do it. I don't think I don't think we're gonna go down that path. I think they like McKenzie, I think Shakir, and I think <sighs> McKenzie had one drop ball, but he hasn't been really targeted in this offense. In the last couple weeks, I think Maybe. given that Hines had his success, they might give him a few plays out there where they'll might change it up some, a little, you know, a little trips uh, set to the one side or the other and kind of get him as one of the guys there. But uh, yeah, I think you saw um, Beasley get activated for the last Miami game, and you may see um, Smoke, as Robert's talking about here, you may see him. Um, get elevated i don't think you're going to see both because i think there's only two elevations you get from the practice squad and i don't think they're going to use them both on wide receiver i bet you they would go beasley in my opinion um but yeah john brown was really good or not really good he was good for one play that was an awesome catch from john Brown. yeah for sure really good to see kind of brought back some 2019 uh, memories of john brown so yeah i think uh, if you're the bills just strictly thinking about Sunday's matchup because that's all we're doing here. We're not going past Sunday because mm-hmm. you got to win on Sunday first before. And the next Wednesday, we can talk about it 
And hopefully next Wednesday I'm talking about the playoffs. <laughs> That'd be a problem. That's right. Not the offseason. I haven't even thought about that. Next ones, I don't even know what the heck we're talking about. Um, if if we didn't don't win on Sunday, we'll be talking about disappointment. Um, but yeah, the offense is gonna run through digs. And I don't really like the corners on Miami, like Xavier Howard's really good, but he's not the same top tier as he used to be, in my opinion. And you don't have to agree with me, you don't have to disagree with that. Um, but I, I like the Bills' chances, weapons-wise. James Cook out of the backfield, even Singletary out of the backfield. I think the Bills are going to have success passing the ball. They did last time against Miami, besides that weird third quarter. So whatever we did that last third quarter against Miami, uh, throw it in the trash, watch the film, and don't do that again because that was horrible. But the three other quarters, the Bills absolutely dominated Miami, in my opinion. I just wanted to look this up quick while we while you were talking, yeah. and I saw so against Miami it was nine mm-hmm. different guys got targeted, and then against the Bears ten different guys, and then last week eight different guys. So uh, I think they really do a good job of getting targets to the different uh, people, and uh, and that's the that's the cool thing about this offense having so many weapons is they really do distribute the ball around. They don't always just you know, focus in on one. Yeah, sure. Diggs gets the lion's share of the targets and he, you know, then goes Davis and so on. But, but I think that Allen does a really good job of spreading the targets around. And that's the cool thing is that this team, although they're not beating the doors off of people every week, I think they have the ability to, and they also have the ability to target uh, so many guys. Unlimited in the playoffs and call-ups. Is that per person or is that like, you can call up as like 100 people. I know it's not. No, it's per, per person, but you only get two practice squad call-ups per game, though. So you can only call up two people from the practice squad each game. But you can call up a guy as many times for, as you want. for every game in the playoffs mm-hmm. if you want. There's no limit there. Tampa Neal's coming in. Can we talk about how the AFC Championship game should be in Tampa? T- Tampa, I don't want to hear it, man. I don't want to hear it, Tampa Neal. Don't want to hear it, man. I like it. Can I come stay at your house, brother? Yeah, are you, are you opening everyone? Are you opening doors to Built in Buffalo for us to stay? Yeah, priority you, stay. Yeah. If it's AFC Championship game in Buffalo, uh, in Tampa, we're not going to get there yet. But yeah, Tampa Neal breaking tables Mondays and Thursdays on the Built in Buffalo Facebook and YouTube network. So we talked about some matchups, path to victory for the Bills. You can kind of see where we're leading here with the Bills and how there this could be potentially a dominant a dominant game for the Bills. So. We're going to go to a key player. We're going to talk about a key player. Oh, wait. Never mind. Yes. There we go. Thank you, Tampa Neal. Okay. Appreciate it. I got an extra air mattress for you if you need it, Peter. Okay. I guess I'm making the trip to Tampa. <laughs> I, I, Christopher's right. I did hear Atlanta as a possibility. They're looking at Atlanta and New Orleans in all seriousness. It's such, as, a, uh, it's such a weird – that would be such a weird – because it would be the Bills Chiefs. Like That's what it would be. Mm-hmm. That is That's a, what it would have to be to be in a neutral yeah, state. Right? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. That would be such a weird location. Either Atlanta or New Orleans or anywhere, even Tampa would be a weird location. Um, the, my most, of, my opinion, the best location would be Lucas Oil, but that was turned down. Uh, they have another event, and obviously you can't just cancel an event because you don't know if this is going to happen. Both teams could lose in the divisional round or the wild card round, whatever. So you that makes like the Chiefs will lose though. No, it's, <laughs> yeah, let's hope. Um, that would be where I would think it would be. It's not, so they're kind of going some things. They could play it in Buffalo if they want. I think Bill Stadium would be open. Um, MetLife. Um, yeah, I know I people. Chiefs said that they didn't want to come east, and the Bills said they don't want to go west. So 
think they're looking at South and that's why uh, that's why they're they're kind of throwing out Atlanta and New Orleans. But ultimately, it'll be the NFL's decision. But I think the teams kind of gave their, uh, you know, preferences and the yeah. league may or may not consider them. A hundred percent. So we're going to move on to our second to ask segment of show. Appreciate everyone that is coming and keep doing for the next 10 minutes of the Buffalo Blitz. And as always, you can listen to this tomorrow morning on podcast form, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Just type in Bill and Buffalo Network. But we're going to go to our sponsored segment of the show, and that is the Picasso's Pizza, key player of the game. Lance, I'm going to start with you. Who is your Picasso's Pizza key player of the game? Yeah, I think it's going to be Jordan Poyer. I think, uh, you know, he's going to set the tone on defense and, uh, you know, maybe even uh, provide a little uh, turnover magic there. So I think uh, Jordan Poyer will be my Picasso's Pizza key player of the game. It just rolls off the tongue, the Picasso's Pizza key player of the game. So my Picasso's Pizza key player of the game for the Bills wildcard game against the Dolphins on Sunday is Gregory Rousseau. I think the potential injury to Taron Armstead, his status in doubt, and even if he plays, he might not be 100%, and he probably isn't going to be 100%. I think if Skyler Thompson is the quarterback on Sunday, and even if it is Teddy Bridgewater, the Bills are going to want to make his life hell back there. And that starts with the Bills' current best pass rusher in Gregory Rousseau. I think he's important, as long with the other edge rushers as well, but he is the main vocal point on that edge. I think if he can get after the quarterback, there's going to be some sacks, pressures, make him a little, Skyler Thompson, a little jittery back there, um, make him move around, make some off-balance throws. It helps the defense a lot. So I think Greg Russo is my Picasso's pizza key player of the game. We're both going defense here, Lance. We are both going defense, Poyer and Rousseau. Yeah, so, I think it's a little bit too easy to kind of pick Allen or Diggs or, you know, somebody. So I think that's uh, been my kind of MO this season is to kind of pick one of those guys that uh, really can have a splash impact and that you might not uh, pick right off the top. You know, it's not the obvious no. guy because, I mean, if we're being honest, you know, Allen to Diggs is going to be, important. The, you know, the important thing. And if as long oh, yeah. as they're connecting, as long as Allen's firing on all cylinders, um, then we're going to be all right. But, but I think, you know, those guys like Rousseau and, and Poyer are going to be the important guys to make these key plays. And that's why we said key player of the game. Um, there's going to be key plays in each, uh, you know, probably each quarter, but, you know, throughout the game, I think, you know, those are the guys that we can rely on to um, kind of shut the door and, and give that ball back to Allen and Diggs and those guys. And, this is why you follow Built in Buffalo, and this is why you watch the Buffalo Blitz, because we give you better information than just telling you Josh Allen needs to play good. Yeah, of course Josh Allen needs to play good. Of course Stefan Diggs needs to play good. But after we got Greg Rousseau and Jordan Poy a little, a little more in-depth inside now, just messing with you. Christopher's coming in, James Cook. James Cook is a very vital to this team. I think his ability to catch out of the backfield and his ability to run between tackles and his breaking away speed and his, his second burst that I don't think Devin Singletary fully has is important. I think it will help on Sunday the Bills stay on the field and keep the Dolphins off the field, offensively off the field. And I think it kind of dictate the off, dictate the game the Bills can establish a run game with either James Cook or Devin Singletary. So we're, we're getting towards the end of the show, but we can't say goodbye to our 
awesome listeners. And if, like I said, listen on podcast, what's up? Hopefully you're listening on podcast. So Lance, we're getting to the end of the show, and that means game prediction times. Guys, drop your comments, who you guys think is winning. Give us a score, all that fun stuff. Lance, I'm going to start with you, my man. What is your game prediction for the Bills game on Sunday? I'm going to go 37 to 10. 37 to 10. Any insight behind 37 to 10? Uh, four touchdowns and three field goals gives you 37. And okay. I'm okay. going resp- to respect that maybe he'll – or Waddle gets uh, gets one, and and then they get a field goal throughout the game. But uh, yeah, I think the defense gonna lock them down, and I think our offense is gonna have some success. So yeah, I think that's a pretty good score. The spread out right now, according is at minus thirteen. Obviously, in the Bills' favor, I'm gonna go thirty-one Bills, thirteen Miami. I think Miami. Not saying puts up a fight because 31 to 13 is not putting up a fight, but I think they get an extra three. I think we'll we'll, we'll, we'll toss them in a, a field goal. 31-13. I we're hope we're both right here. I, I expect a route. I think this is a Dolphins team that is reeling at the worst possible time to be bad. Like this is the worst time to be on not on a losing streak because they beat the Jets, but they haven't played good football in about a month and a half. We're talking about six to seven games of bad football for the Miami Dolphins sneaking in to the playoffs with squeaking by the Jets 11 to six, a Jets team that started Joe Flacco and also a Jets team that had nothing to play for while Miami had a ton to play for. I, I expect this Bills to dominate. It's in Buffalo. Miami's terrible with under 40 degree weather. The temperature pretend right now is. Um, Supposed to be 31 degrees in Orchard Park. That's nine degrees less than 40, obviously. So Miami struggles there. Game predictions 31 13. I think this is going to be a tough game for Miami without Tua uh, banged up, Lance. We talked about the injury report. It's a long injury report. There's a lot, is, yeah. lot of guys not there. Over Chris- a dozen names, it seems like there's on there. So that's uh, kind of the early season Bills type injury report where laundry list of people on there. Christopher Homer comes in 34 to 9 Bills. That'd be a yeah, weird. Everybody, everybody's in the ballpark there. 34 to 9. Three field goals, Christopher here, or are we talking a touchdown on a safety? What are we, what are we talking <laughs> here? What are we talking here? What are we talking here? My exact score son, great minds, thick alike. That's my mom. So she's I, uh, predicting figured, the 37 10. I figured that when we said Nelson. So, and yeah. Shout you're out. Smart. You're smart too. Shout out. To Lance's mom, appreciate you watching. Thank you, it means a lot. Um, three field goals, Christopher. Uh, you should, Christopher. You had the chance to say a touchdown on a safety, Christopher. You had cooler yeah. chance. No, nah, I'm joking. Touch on the safety, be weird. <laughs> so that is gonna do it. Oh, actually, before we get out of here, Lance, you're gonna be at the game on Sunday. Where are you sitting, man? So if people are listening to the show or watching the show. Want to come and give you a hug? Where 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 are they watching? Yep. Where are you sitting? I'm gonna I'm gonna be up in the uh, the uh, no fly zone there, uh, three thirty four, row thirty, and uh, we'll be tailgating on Sheldon Road. So if you're around uh, Sheldon Road, stop by. There's a big uh, couple of RVs in the lot there, and uh, say hi. So I'll be. I think I'm gonna go. Uh, with the blue montage jersey so you can see the blue number 24 that says montage on the back that'll be me and i would love to shake your hand give you a fist bump a high five 
go bills. I will be yelling in your face the mm. entire day. Um, because when it's game day, I get really, really excited and, uh, yeah. So please come by, say hello. And, uh, would love to see you. And Lance, you got your show on Sunday night, uh, Sunday night, excuse me, Saturday night. So Saturday night, 7 PM. I'm assuming you're previewing the game. Is that what, is that what we're, we're, we're talking about on Saturday night? Yeah, we'll be talking a little bit about what's happening uh, in the Saturday games and then uh, giving our th- our final thoughts on the day before the game. We'll see how the injury report shakes out and, uh, you know, be going through and just kind of hyping up, getting everybody ready to to get to the uh, to the tailgate uh, early Sunday morning. So stop by uh, right before you – we'll tuck you right into bed there so you can get up early and, and get over to the stadium early. Awesome. 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 What a massive game it is Sunday. Any playoff game is massive. Bills, Dolphins, the two seed versus the seven seed wild card round on Sunday at 1 p.m. on CBS if you're looking to watch it, but in uh, Buffalo Orchard Park, Highmark Stadium. Bills look to get to the divisional round once for the third straight year in the playoffs. And that would be awesome to continue, hopefully, to continue this run. And hopefully, next Wednesday, I am not talking about. What went wrong on Sunday? <laughs> and, oh, time to look to the draft and free agency. Let's hopefully I am recapping the Bills victory over the Dolphins on Sunday and then previewing the Bills' divisional matchup against whoever, uh, Bengals, Jaguars, or uh, Chargers. So could be any of those three teams. So we'll see what happens. That's going to do it tonight for the Buffalo Blitz. He was Lance. I'm Peter DiBiase. If you guys missed the show, you can always rewatch it on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter. If you prefer the podcast version and you're just tuning in and you want to go back, the podcast comes out tomorrow morning on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at DiBiase Peter. Make sure you follow Lance on Twitter at Mafia Montage. Everything built on Buffalo, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. That is going to do it for the Buffalo Blitz. I will see everyone next Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Patty, you have a great night. Thank you. Appreciate you tuning in. Active in the comment section. Nothing better than that. But I'll see you guys next Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Right back here. That's going to do it. As always, this is the Buffalo Blitz sponsored by Picasso's Pizza. Have a good night and go Bills. Go Bills.